what is going on comic fam it's your boy the bearded comic bro and i am joined by one of my good friends comic creator brent fisher welcome to the show hello 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 if you aren't familiar brent they are the creators of the color of always it is a lgbtq plus anthology comic that is on kickstarter and it is taken over right now it's got the kickstarter stamp of approval a project that we love man i'm excited to talk about your project oh yeah and i'm excited to go uh go into it on and, and not only are you a good friend uh people should know that we are also lcs buddies yes well, we got we, we go to pick up our polls typically at the same time if circumstances allow that is true. This is this is like one of my first times, like someone that I literally meet all the time in person. And we probably could have done this interview in person, but I felt like it would just it was easier yeah. to do it like this. <laughs> well, with Christmas coming up and everything. Yeah, yes. we'll do we'll do an in-person one. We'll, we'll let's yeah. make it fun. We'll, we'll we'll do something thematic in your signature style. And we'll we'll, we'll go to we'll go to our LCS and because yeah. yeah, we, we we freaking frequent the same lcs and and we'll have our owner uh open up their media room for us and we'll uh we'll do something sweet there for some point but we're not talking about me we're talking about you and we're talking about what you have created so i know you have done a lot of um you had a lot of short stories and projects and in anthologies um but correct me if i'm wrong this is the first one that is your baby that you have kind of cultivated the whole project right yeah, uh, it was my vision. Um, I, I I brought the I brought it to bear. I hired a lot of the additional artists for the logo, for the pre-launch page. Uh, the cover artist is an Italian artist named Elisa Romboli. Uh, she's known right now mostly for I think a thing called Truth for Image Comics, and uh, I, I hired a, just you know the kind of the initial get the ground foundation. And I also did a Google form, put out the pitch, made the announcement, and once it started coalescing and becoming a thing, I brought on a, a an editorial board of friends and cohorts uh fellhound is uh the artist for commander rao uh for uh, scout comics mm -hmm. is on there uh justin richards author of finger guns for vault is on there miss myself and uh my kind of co-creator at this point michelle uh she's instrumental in, in in getting this taken care of and i know you probably see her name on the cover it's it's uh, i've actually was been found out i've been mispronouncing it it's like terminator it's easier to put out that way. It's like Abinator. So Michelle Abinator. And uh, she was rapidly like my budget maestra and project manager. But I think after a certain point, I decided to call her co-creator. Now, she couldn't be here tonight, but I wanted to give credit where yeah. credit's due on that, too. Absolutely. So you're basically someone is keeping you in line with budget because yeah, I've basically. seen your pull list at my LCS and I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, um, she keeps me on the uh, on the narrow with trying to be on target with budget. I have a tendency of saying, hey, everybody can come on board. We're two teams over what we originally wanted to do size wise, but I just wanted to keep that tent as wide as possible. And we also had a few artists come on board that wanted to volunteer for prints for reward tiers for Color of Always on Kickstarter. And uh, I guess I could just go right into it. But essentially, uh, Color of Always is um, a love anthology. I wanted to create a uh, comic anthology first and foremost to give back to the comic community, which kind of adopted me once I started writing in earnest. 
And secondly, I wanted to do it towards a cause that I believe in, which is LGBT representation across the wide spectrum of intersectionality in terms of uh, gender, in terms of sexuality, race. I wanted to have as much representation as possible. And, I, and this is my kind of thank you to the comic community as well as common cause and getting these voices out there and elevated, raising other artists and writers alongside me as well in the process. Yeah. And I think what you do with this anthology is such a cool thing. Uh, as you mentioned, representation. And, you know, I had uh, David Boer on my show, you know, a couple months back and talking with them about just like the idea of how important it is to to have representation in comics uh, for everyone to be able to say, like, you know, if I had that comic as a kid, like that I could resonate with and even more so, like, I just think that what you're, what you're bringing to the table is something really cool and, and authentic. And I think is something that the community loves and embraces yeah. and needs to have. So it's positive energy and we all need a little bit of that right now. And David actually has given us a lot of support and a few good boosts. Mm -hmm. Every, everyone's kind of rallied to our, to our banner a little bit. And I really want this to be just the beginning. Uh, if we go past our goal and smash it, we want to immediately pivot to another project, um, possibly to uh, not concurrently. That's <laughs> but, awesome. Uh, but we want to do is we want to do more because clearly there's there's a fire there and there's just not enough of it. And yeah. so, but but in terms of this one specific anthology, this is my dipping my toe into the water. Like I said, it's a love anthology, but that says that says a lot without saying a lot. It's right. different permutations of love, um, having growing up with two parents, perhaps, or may, uh, coming out to your family or your loved ones and being accepted or not, and having found family, uh, love it, learning how to love yourself, uh, your your identity of journey, and accepting who you are, and, and if even if others won't, and that kind of thing. And it runs the gambit in terms of all of those kind of permutations of love. And I really wanted it to be representative of different experiences, not only for preservation, but also as education. Yeah. And I, and I think that's important to aspect, like you said, there are different representations of love and what, like you said, of, you know, finding your, maybe it's your family that you're born with. Maybe it's your family that you, you know, have discovered, you know, later on in life uh, who become your family that you choose. And I just think, it's so cool to, to see that happening in a comic. Um, and I want to dig into this topic a little bit more here. Um, but before we get too deep into your Kickstarter and the campaign, I've got to ask, because I know you and I know you well, so I know your love for comics, but I want my viewers to know, um, obviously they can tell from some of your pictures that they can see right in the background there. How did you get into loving comics, though? Because you have a deep passion for comics that I appreciate deeply. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the Carol Danvers to your Bruce Wayne in a way. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I mean, we've always bonded over that. But really, it came at me. I mean, I I, I don't know uh, about some people's experience, but mine came in phases. Okay. Um, I hate to say it, but I I left it for a while because I started adulting and I just tried to survive for a little bit, and I kind of forgot myself. Uh, when I was younger, uh, my mom had a lot of uh, classics illustrated. Okay. If, and I don't know if you guys remember that they have no value whatsoever, but they were kind of ubiquitous around the 19, what, 60s, late 60s, early 60s? Sounds about right. Yeah. Ivanhoe and Robin Hood and, and other kinds of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, they were all adapted to comics. And my mom had and kept them all because she was kind of a huge tomboy growing up, baseball cards, comic books. She had a whole bunch of like uh, those, I think a few Ms. Marvels, a few later, and a few early, like early, early Copper Age kind of stuff. And 
and uh and i read it all voraciously and then i got into my own she got me a poll at a comic book shop um because i think she was trying to give me what she wished she could have had more of mm. but i think there was barriers there uh you know in terms of being a being a girl and whatnot it was it must have been she was in her teen years probably would have been the early 60s and um I, I kind of love. I just I, I, Infinity Gauntlet had that greatest Batman stories ever told right over there. They bought that for me. I mean, I grew up. I was a DC kid growing up. I have all the 1990s Elseworld annuals and all the and various and all the uh, what do you call it? Zero Hour. Yep. All the, yep. Death Death of Superman, Rebirth, all of that. I mean, I was there for all of it, and um, and then it just went away. And then all of a sudden, Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel, and I remembered reading Ms. Marvel growing up. And I was like, you know what? And I wish the movie came out. It was coming out uh, and in earnest. And I started collecting around 2012, but very lightly. Yeah. And then, and then when the movie started coming out, people were like crazy for Captain Marvel, but it was this sort of superficial veneer, and which is great, by the way. I'm, I yeah. encourage it no matter what, but it was like, oh, a little doodad here, a little trinket there. But I knew the language. I, was, I, I remember collecting and I'm like, well, you know what? Who's really collecting every key issue of Carol's life? That's where I'm planting my flag because I identify with the character from when I was younger and I just like her in general. And she represents a lot for me without getting into it. So yeah. here we are. And then I, then uh, our LCS opened up not on, I was probably, it was probably open for about a year before I found it, but year two is right across the street. And I'm like, let's do this and from where I work and then we'll take care of it. And I got a poll and I started going there every Wednesday. So yeah. It's it's fantastic because I think our I think one of the things that we resonate and connect with is our love for comics, but also we have similar stories from the aspect of we both kind of fell out of comics. We read comics as a kid, yeah, and then life happened. I didn't get into collecting comics again until our LCS opened up. And I remember yeah. seeing an ad in on Facebook or an article on Facebook or one of the papers or whatever around our town and I was like, oh, there is a comic shop opening up literally two minutes from where I work. I was exactly. Like, I was like, yeah. I need to go check this out. And because I remember not liking comics, you know, like stepping away from comics and then trying to get back into comics. And, you know, there was some gatekeeping with comic shops who were like kind of talking down to me. I was like, oh, this is dumb. I'm, I'm done mm -hmm. with comics. And I found our LCS and our owner, Alan, is fantastic. Uh, and I can't be more grateful for who he is and, you know, getting me back into my love for comics. But we have that similar path of, you know, we found our love again of what, yeah. you know, drives us. And so I got to ask them, so you got back into comics. What then made you decide, you know what, I want to take my passion that I grew up with that I rediscovered and put it back into creating comics then? Because you've been a part of a handful of anthologies and now this one. Well, I was just severed from it completely, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my mom's an English professor and my father's an artist. So I had creativity and this love of all kinds of creation growing up. I, and I've, I've been writing nonstop poetry, short fiction, you know, dabbling uh, like a Tumblr poet for, for lack of a better term. And then something else prior to that. And um, I started befriending all these artists and writers, particularly artists, because I was patronizing their work because I, I, they're great, excellent. I was raised by an artist. So I have this affinity for artists and, and supported them. Uh, Liana Kangas will tell you, I have this tendency of idolizing them <laughs> and making everybody feel good. It's because I, I really admire what they do. It comes from a very special place. 
And, but just to dial back to, um, to comics in general, it's one of the few times you can kind of connect with your past. Mm. It's like seeing an old friend or taking a memory when you think about something that you missed when you were younger and you know it's gone forever and you can't go back to it. Well, it's still there. Comics are still there. They're on, the price might have changed on the cover, but the nature of it is, hasn't. Right. And it, it's, it's like being able to have that tether to something special. But in terms of my writing, I realized, wait a minute, I write. I could do this. And then during, you know, at some, I didn't know how to start though. I didn't know how to break into it. Gail Simone had that comic school during the outbreak of COVID right from the beginning and uh, did like this five week, six week instructional thing on Twitter that somehow worked for like a lot of people. Yeah. And I wrote a script. I learned how scripts work. I actually didn't know where to find one even. I know it sounds dumb in hindsight now, but Unless you kind of know what you're looking for, you don't get, and I know there's no formal way to write a script, but it was, it is an eye opener for me. And once I saw a few and the way I write is kind of like this sort of amalgam of like uh, Matt Fracton slash uh, one or two others uh, in terms of formatting that just clicked with me. And um, what's the, uh, I wrote a script for the thing. And I had one of my friends who was an artist, Fellhound, read it. And she was like, wait a minute, Brent, you're pretty good. I should throw him a bone and let's, I'm going to, I got an end to this uh, anthology called big hype. And would you like to be my writer for it? Uh, I need I have to throw some ideas at me. And I, I gave her like three immediately. And she's like, these are amazing. Uh, that one, I guess. And so I've cranked it out and it got put into the anthology. And in fact, one of the first things I ever wrote with while on COVID, like in a fever dream, I've had to rewrite it like three times, but the bones are there. Uh, is going to be eventually published through that new publisher Dauntless eventually but and I just started throwing scripts out there and yeah. I got I threw, threw, got into the contest their contest and I mean it's not great it's not the biggest deal in the world but I am going to be one's on Kickstarter right now called Producing the End of the World it's got a few days left and it, it could use some support and I got into another one called Off into the Sunset which is more of a vanity piece among creators which is Westerns and uh, that should be hopefully coming out next year yeah. And there's something called Femme Fatale. I mean, I could go on. I don't want to talk your ear off, but yeah, it just I just chuck scripts out there and they worked. And I'm going to keep doing it if I can. But this, I wanted to do something under my own steam. I wanted to self-publish to get yeah. something out there that not every, I don't need, I don't want to ask for someone's permission to tell a story. So here we are. So what, so what then was the catalyst? I know you said you don't, you wanted to kind of go out on your own. How was that process for you to go from, being a writer, writing a lot of these short stories to then saying, okay, I want to be the head honcho of bringing all these creators together and making something that I love and appreciate. Hubris. Uh, <laughs> mostly. Uh, I've, I've been working in marketing for 15 years. Um, I know how production works. And Michelle has been in production for a different type of industry for just about as long. And between the two of us, you know, we're not afraid to pick up a phone. You know, it's mm. that thing where you call people or that's not the, it's actually words are spoken. Oh, wait, not, you use that to talk to people? Yeah, I, yeah, I know, was, right? That's so and weird. So, and call up like, you know, um, printers, yeah. uh, emailing printers as well. But like, we're not, we work with printers and production teams for our jobs. And so I was able to leverage, you know, my, my, my day labor job, for lack of a better word, and do it for this. But really, I just wanted to give back. And I just thought I could. A few people told me, you'd be really good at doing this. You should try this. And I've been through, an, I've been through like two or three anthologies at this point. And, and not, not to be unfair to any, because I mean, I learned from these people from being yeah. in them. 
but I had this sort of voice in my head that said, I could probably do this, but even better. And so I wanted to try. I didn't think I, I couldn't prove I could until I do. So we'll right. see how it goes. Right. I mean, that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of hubris. I mean, because <laughs> there's a little bit of that with my YouTube. I'm like, eh, if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> exactly. Right. No, seriously. And I could do it. And you learn from watching and right. you say, I want to do it. And I don't want to do it my way. And I want to do it better. And so we'll see if it works. <laughs> so, yeah, let's no. be honest. Who else is like, I want to have a comics with cooking and comics with my wife like whatever like right like you know yeah, it's it's perfect yeah no it's exactly the same it's finding thing. it's finding something that you're passionate about and saying you know what i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna run with it and i think that's what you're doing with this anthology and you've kind of already talked about it a little bit um but let's talk about who are some of what are some of the creative Absolutely. teams that you brought together because this is a stacked panel gang if you haven't had a chance yeah. to explore the kickstarter so why don't you highlight some of those for us and by the way it is it is weird doing like content creation for something you're passionate about yeah compared to your your day job is your day job and even if you believe in it it's still different anyway right it is uh let's see here i have a list here because i want to make sure i don't miss anybody go for it yeah by all because means. we got it's a stacked deck i won't go into our teams because there's over 30 plus people it's 13 teams and it's all over the map in terms of experience. I wanted fresh voices. I wanted new voices. I have a few established creators involved as well. But I think I'm going to emphasize our reward tiers because yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the money. Okay. So we have like these giant jumbo sized bookmarks by Sarah Allen Reed, a really talented artist, uh, kind of an underground type, extraordinarily. I mean, they, uh, she took me under her wing, like, and then kind of gave me some advice and, and she didn't even blink when I told her what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. And it's been great. It's going to be three jumbo sized tarot, tarot themed book, uh, bookmarks. Okay. And uh, Michi, AKA Requiem Pluie, AKA Baba Yaga Michi, uh, artist out of New York um, is going to be doing this really beautiful journal with blank pages. So you can use it as a journal or as a sketchbook as one of the reward tiers. Uh, Brett Schmidt, Another amazing artist did a whole battery of stickers for us based mm -hmm. on LGBT themes and color, but with like a little bit of a tie in the comics. Uh, we have a series of prints, five prints by Philip Sevy, um, Skylar Patridge, Fellhound, and Val Hal Haverson, and Adam Ferris. And um, Philip, uh, you know, is established creator. Uh, Skylar as well. Um, Skylar, I was talking to you about Skylar. Uh, she just did. Um, resident with vault and yep. i think right now she's doing the, the the backstory in the current run right now of wonder woman uh the amazon like the, the, the amazon stories in the back yeah, yeah, yeah. that's her that's her and um fellhound of course again uh and valhal did the art for finger guns for right. for um for a uh, vault and right. adam ferris is known as man what what is what has adam not done uh adam's done a whole bunch of anthologies mostly revolving around social justice um this nightmare kill fat kills fascists uh cosmic love um baroque pop and uh but the good fight um taking a stand against racism and bigotry mm. which has raised thousands for um charities that fight um for social justice and uh and all of the commissions are taken up oh and i also have one more uh linea aka paper cat a really popular um, illustrator online on Twitter and also Instagram and I think DeviantArt. Linnea is pretty famous for doing a lot of um, uh, shipping art, like for Supercorp and Klexa, and okay. basically carried those two uh, fandoms on her back for like the last half decade. 
And uh, so uh, this is a, a, a tsunami of talent involved in the project. Yeah. And if you look at the Kickstarter and that's, I, you know, if you saw me glancing off screen, that was me scrolling through. I mean, the, the sketchbook is beautiful. Those prints that you name dropped right there of all the, the people who did those gang. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, they're fun too. They're fun. I wanted to be romance themed. So they're a little, um, you know that that old that old Marvel series, uh, romance, love and romance. Like yeah, the DC yeah. did it too, way yeah. back 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's kind of the motif I was shooting for, visually with a lot of these. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so we talked about some of the rewards with the Kickstarter, with the uh, with the prints, with the journal. Um, what was it like for you as someone who's trying to gather these stories and say like, what kind of made it? I don't want to say like just made the cut, but what made the cut for you? Like, what was it that you're like, this is what I want these stories to, you know, really tell. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but how did you go through that process? I, well, I wanted it, I wanted to be guided by the entries because the, okay. the ultimate purpose of this is to elevate these stories and these voices by queer creative creators. And, and it's cross spectrums of, like I said, either gender or, or sexuality, because love has so many different permutations to it. Uh, I wanted to see where it would go. And uh, that's actually a very good question because um, I was expecting a lot of coming out stories, which is fine. Um, yeah. it's, it's, that's kind of where our cultural conversation permits queer people to exist is this motif of the coming out story. And it's also necessary because it's also an anchor point for a lot of people's lives. Right. But um, I wanted to go beyond that. I was hoping a few people would you know, break out of the box and they did. I was actually overwhelmed by the amount of very insightful and wise and poignant stories about um, gender identity and mm -hmm. the journey of that uh, almost to the point where I feel that um, if we were to do another book later down the line I would devote almost that entirely to gender exploration okay because we actually had to be very unfortunately decisive about where to place the cut because there were so many and they were all good yeah, but that was a surprising element, which is just kind of which is why your question is so good is because we weren't expecting that. But as we got more, uh, there was clearly an aesthetic developing and a, and a certain kind of motif developing. And it was all we wanted it to be a cornucopia of options. But thematically, it just sort of coalesced around these different exactly what I wanted it to be would be like different ideas of love both in terms of what the, the good love can do yeah but also the, the the potential harm that you get by taking those risks and it just we found our theme and it, yeah. i think it, they'll all come together really well that's that's so cool because you know it is it is a process to try and figure out like you know what is going to fit with the thematic goal of your anthology because it's a wide like like you said it was a wide gamut that you were trying to hit and you probably had to like ah, this is good but we've got a, a handful that are at this kind of theme and we need to get some that are this theme yeah. and, you and you had to really just probably pick and choose and are banking that hopefully then that means you have some more that you can reach out and be like we need to do a volume two <laughs> Yeah, we the, well, it may not be love, uh, but we do yeah. have a volume two idea in mind. Okay, so we'll see where see where it goes. We actually want to. We actually may end up doing a, a publishing label. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, uh, we want to, but we kind of we'll play that by ear because we are interested in seeing if anybody would be willing to carry us, depending on how successful we are. Yeah. 
And do you, I know, cause like we've talked about, you've written some stuff for anthology. Do you have your own story in this yeah. or this one? Okay. I got browbeat into it actually by Michelle, my co-creator. Oh, uh, she was like, Brent, you, you freaking, this is your, this is your freaking book. You got to put a story in there. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, and I, I sat down and I, I didn't, I didn't want to steal from other people's. I wanted to, I wanted to make as much room for their voices as I could much, even to the sacrifice of my own. And she's like, no, no, no. If you're doing your own anthology, you got to have your own story in it. So I sat down and I thought about it and it finally came to me. And yeah. I think it's, um, it's actually the, in my, in my mission statement, I asked for stories of yourself okay. or loved ones. Is it a literal translation? It can be allegory. It can be a direct yeah. relate. But so this is actually somebody in my family's story oh. that I feel is necessary and, and worthy of preservation. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think this is what I love that you use that terminology of preservation, because I think that's what this can do with what your goal of trying to do of tell your story or tell a story of someone that, you know, um, that's close to you um, because stories need to be told and they need to be heard and they need to be preserved. Yep. Because and uh, just as a, one more thing too. Um, yeah. It has to be majority LGBT on all the teams. And that includes letters okay. and color and colorists. So if I, we did not provide, we didn't, we matched artists and writers, but we did not match colorists and letters. So the teams were responsible for their own colorists and lettering as needed. But it, if they did, it had to be majority LGBT plus for all the teams. Yeah. So we are about 95% queer identifying. So if you support this book, you are directly elevating those voices. Which is, I think is really cool because, you know, you have, you have this idea of, hey, we want to we want to give voice to creators and to people who are saying this is our story or these are our stories. And I think that's appropriate. And I think that's really cool that you did that to to elevate those voices. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to basically create the venue. Yeah. And then step back. I do have my own story in there, but really it was there. I really just wanted to uh bring other people along for the ride right and and i think we we have a little discord server and um for all the teams and all the participants in the project and it's a it, it's a really creative secure happy place for people to be themselves and to let their hair down and to work honestly um yeah. even when you're trying to work do your job even when you're trying to work on art or write or share your thoughts it's hard to do that in mixed spaces and to have a place that's truly securely your own. It's very rare. And it was a pleasure to create what we have. And we're going to keep it after the project's over. That's, that's, that's awesome to hear that. Um, We've talked a lot about the project. We talked a lot about, you know, bringing the process along. Um, If someone's listening to this interview uh, and they're like trying to think about like, do I support this Kickstarter? Like, what would be your pitch to them of like, this is why you should support it? Well, I'm assuming that the the nature of its mission or its title is, is provocative enough to want to get right. your attention, which is an LGBTQIA plus love anthology. If that perks your interest, it's usually because of one of two reasons. You either are questioning or you're identifying already as part of the community or you're an ally that simply wants to understand more about how people think and feel in an endeavor to help contextualize and normalize uh, different ideas of love beyond the ones that you may have been culturally adapted or instructed to think of. And um, 
in any of those instances, it that's the primary mandate of why it exists. Um, if, if you are queer identifying, this book is designed to help you find some element of yourself within its pages. So you feel like you're a little less alone, mm-hmm. as well as um, preserving stories that do have that kind of identifying element to it. If you are questioning, it helps give you the idea, you might be able to see something in these stories that makes you understand a little bit more about yourself and guides you towards one end of some spectrum or another to help you know on your journey. And then third, if you're an ally or if you if you know somebody who is an ally and is confused but is vested in wanting to support and help you, but it needs to understand more, perhaps it's a parent, perhaps it's a guardian, perhaps it's a sibling, a family, a loved one, or just a friend who just wants to know more about uh, the nature of 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 love within queer spaces, that's for them as well. And those are the three things I think I would hang my hat on for why I would support this. Yeah, I think I think all three of those are valid spaces and they allow people to resonate with it for whatever reason that they want to, you know, connect, like you said, you and you said it so eloquently of, you know, the purpose of this anthology. Uh, I know us, we can talk forever. <laughs> and yeah. we probably will <laughs> the next couple of days uh, about what we're picking up at our shops and things like that. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you before we we head out, though, um, is there any certain tier, though, that you are super excited about that you say, like, this is one I really I was really happy that we were able to get this tier for the Kickstarter that I think people should check out. Yeah, actually, there there are a couple. Yeah, go for it. There's three. Uh, The the primary one that will always be available is called the Super Extra Tier. And that has the stickers. And by the way, I didn't even mention the door hangers. You get free door hangers, even as long as you get the physical book. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's in every tier that had that involves physical mail. It's done in the 1990s trapper keeper style. And it's a door hanger that basically says, do not disturb. Pow. Like a big colors and explosion. It goes reading comics. And on the other side, it says making comics. And it's just that's going to hang on my door in my basement. The reading comics, it'll never be on the other <laughs> side of making comics. <laughs> and we say it's just, so it's your 90s throwback style to let mom and dad know that you're busy, you know, yes. kind of a thing. And uh, that's just for every physical tier. But on top of but the super extra tier at 60 is I think um, it's the stickers, four stickers, including a pronoun sticker. So you can slap it on something and oh, cool. use a Sharpie and yeah. uh, the five prints by all those artists. The big, colorful Danak journal. I don't know if you're familiar with Danak, but they they make journals and books. And they're just it's top shelf quality. Okay. And uh, the the three tarot cards from Sarah Allen Reed that are bookmarks, jumbo size uh, tarot cards that are service bookmarks. Uh, a thank you note, uh, and I believe in the door knockers, the door hangers rather. And that's that's the super extra. Um, there's only I think like three or four left, but there's another tier called. That's why I'm mentioning it secondly. It's called the Sugar Daddy tier. And it's it's the sugar daddy. Sorry, sugar daddy. Sorry, we kind of play into the meme a little bit. Uh, it has a high definition, uh, numbered, individually numbered print of the cover art by Elisa, Elisa Romboli, okay. and it, only fifteen of these. Every single one will be printed by us. Uh, we're trying to do a say, uh, kind of like inkjet, high resolution, uh, high quality archival paper print, and we'll number them after we print them seal them and then store them in a way that it'll get to you safely. Uh, it's 145, not including shipping, but that you get that print, 
big size print along with uh, the other prints, which are five by seven, by the way, the stickers, the bookmarks, the journal, the book, the door hangers, and the thank you card. And that's like, there's only like five of those left. And the last thing I would mention, we have script reviews. So if you are an aspiring comic writer or you want to get into comics a little bit and you want to see, or you have a script in mind, you want to get some feedback, I'm doing two tier reviews at 150. I'll review your script. Justin Richards will review your script for about a 150. And at the 250 tier, um, I have actually scored Eric Palicki, uh, Blacksmith. Nice. Uh, Atlantis wasn't built for tourists. Nope. All we ever wanted, maybe someday, Deadbeats uh, anthologies. He will review your script up to 24 pages, and he'll do. He'll send a curated comic bundle of of some of his selected works to you as part of that tier as well. That's awesome, and yeah, Eric uh, Alanis was only built for Taurus. Was a, such a great read. Uh, people who are watching this interview or listening to it, they know Justin Richards. He's been on the show multiple times. They've been on the show multiple times. <laughs> yeah, Justin's a very good friend. Yes. Mine, so. Well, what's so funny was I didn't even know Justin was involved with us. And then I saw, I was, Justin, what are you doing? I was like, I know. <laughs> such a good homie. Um, yeah. And, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of that, uh, Eric Palicki um, turns, well, he's from Toledo. I don't know if you knew that. And uh, it turns out that our dads are friends. Uh, oh. go, reenactment, living history, civil war reenactment buddies going back 30, 30 years or so. That's so but, cool. Uh, so we actually found each other unintentionally through comics. And it turns out that we have that connection as well. That's awesome. Brent, I got to have some time for you to just say, like, I hesitate to ask because you have this anthology or is there anything else that you're working on um, that you can yeah. talk about or things? Cause I, I say this cause I know you always are grinding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I keep an eye on dauntless stories. It's a new okay. label very indie. Marcus Jimenez is the CEO, but he's also a talented artist in his own right. And uh, we'll be collaborating on a few different projects. One of which is going to be with um, another artist from uh, France, Sally Lockhart or Lockhart, Lockhart Sally uh, on, on Twitter. I think they in, it's inverted for the Twitter handle, but okay. um, I got Sally's doing stuff too, by the way, that we can't, I can't tell you about. It's pretty exciting, but Sally and I have a story together. We want to do through Dauntless. We created a character and um, what else? Um, Femme Fatale was going to be a, a, a sort of a short label anthology coming out. Eventually I'm doing art with Marcus on that. And um, Oh, producing the end of the world. So it's an anthology out of Australia. And it, uh, it's about the end of the world and various stories about uh, the apocalypse. And it's about 53% right now, but we've only got a handful of days left. And I'm hoping that funds because I have a good story in there as well. Brent, is there any last parting words that you want to say about this anthology before we wrap up the show? Uh, every little bit helps. If you think you don't have enough, that's fine to share it. Yep. But uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it, there's a digital version for $18 uh it, it's really i'm not doing this really for me i really want to get these stories out there so if you have any questions you can find me at carol collector uh on twitter short for carol danvers of course i am the i am a carol collector of many comics and art and i we can have a separate episode about that we, we probably should i should probably just bring you on to explore your cave of carol <laughs> oh yeah yeah i got there's stuff you can't even see right over there uh, and uh, it's it's just a whole bunch of Carol issues and key issues and stuff like that. That's awesome. 
Last question before we end the interview. Brent, come Wednesday morning, who's going to spend more at the shop? You or me? Man, I, it's a, it's a this toss is a big week. week. Uh, is it a big week? I, 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 I think I, so. I, know. I always feel like it's a big week right before Christmas and then the week after. I haven't looked, I'll be honest. So I haven't looked either. It's a crapshoot. Uh, I do know that it's not FOC for Marvel or DC this week. So that usually means it's a wad of something coming. Like, I, and also, uh, I'm deep into Devil's Reign. Oh, yeah. I'm deep into that because I just, I mean, I like all, I'm really big into the X Men and there's like a, there's an X Men component to it too. And just Emma Frost with the Kingpin. And yeah, there's a, it's going to be a thick week possibly for me. We'll see. So you're going you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going full. I'm going all in possibly. Yeah. Oh, gang. I'm telling you what, uh, our Wednesdays at our shop are so much fun. Uh, I, wish <laughs> I, could, blast. I wish I could just could bring you all there. Maybe I will someday in a, a video. I'll take you, take you there. I'll just make sure I will make sure though, if I do a video, it's a day that you get a slab book. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got to tell them about that. Okay. I'm going to full disclosure. I submitted a lot of stuff to CGC over the summer while the cons were canceled. I figure this is a great time to capture a bunch of artists while they're, you know, getting the, the home fires are burning. They have to get their books and signs to get some, you know, get their scratch to doing it at CGC. And I'm like, let's do this. I want to support these guys. So um, I had like, oh my God, just an ungodly amount of books submitted for different artists and writers. And there's been a few times where they came back 9.8 and they did something special with it. And I just lost my mind. I think, and I think that the pinnacle, of course, the one that you love the most is when I collapsed on the floor and nearly scared a small child. But you, I, I have no. You collapsed on the floor in the fetal position, <laughs> cradling your slab book. And these two kids who had no idea what comics were basically walked in and just <laughs> saw you. And I was, yeah, I, mean, I was dying. It was worth it. It was, it was worth every minute. I think it was the Arthur, it was Art Adams one. It was like, oh. nine, no, it was Adam Cooper. Is Adam Cooper okay, one? Yeah, came no. back 9.8. And I was like, because you can't get, it's hard to get your hands on that one. And it was a Captain Marvel, like one in 25, Adam Kubert. Uh, and it was, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was a little happy about it. I was a little happy about it. That you were. Oh, man. Well, Brent, thank you so much for just taking some time. This has been a blast. Uh, we always have fun talking, but it was so cool to just get to do it in a professional setting, more or less, yeah. for, you know, our side hobbies <laughs> that we love. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and you can have me back more often. I mean, we got to do it in person at the shop if you want. Yes. Yes, uh, we will. We'll make, we'll set something up more and we'll be doing more of these for sure. So. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a tour of the Carol den, like, cause you have no idea what I'm looking at right now. It's no. crazy. No, <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, gang, all the links uh, that were mentioned for the Kickstarter for Brent social media are in the description of this video. Go support this Kickstarter. Um, even though it's they're crushing it, continue to support this Kickstarter. Every little bit helps, even way past the goal. Um, go support it. Follow Brent on social media. Uh, stay up to date with what they're doing and what they're creating. And with that being said, hopefully you can find some time to curl up, grab a book, and nerd out. Peace. <laughs>